That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a beatdown of epic proportion over the Los Angeles Clippers. A game that was over in the first, eh, realistically, say about first seven, eight minutes of the game. It was, it was about uh, the first seven, eight minutes of the game, uh, my eyes saw enough from the Nuggets' approach and the Clippers' lack thereof that led me to believe that there was no way, shape, form, fashion, possibility, avenue, that the Clippers were going to come back and win that game. At the end of 12 minutes, the score was 32-15. to 15. And for me... You could you if I just watched the Nuggets defensive possessions and you put a blindfold on me for every offensive possession uh, just in the first quarter and I didn't get to see any of the shots fall and I just saw the Nuggets defensively I would have told you the exact same thing was taking place that 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 these two teams approach to this game just were not the same. And and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer by any means, but I actually don't want to get too carried away with what the win um, means, like in terms of some major overarching takeaway. Although we, we can try to you know you know formulate some, but I also don't want to let um the 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 lopsided nature of the final score dis um um um, well, I don't want it to take away from anything that Denver did because they brought it, man, and they got the dividends for four quarters um, for bringing it. But the Clippers were as bad um, as as I could ever remember them. I mean, this was uh, a basketball team that came in, and you know, this is a this, this was a, a actual bit of a litmus test for uh, the Clippers, you know, who had the exact same odds coming into the game as Denver to come out of the Western Conference. And, you know, I pulled it up actually while I was on, on the air yesterday. And at the time of recording, it's Friday morning, um, uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning here uh, in Denver. Um, I pulled up the odds. I'm like, where, where, what are the conference odds? Not like the odds to win the NBA finals, but what, what are the odds to come out of the Western Conference? And there were three teams tied at the very top. The Warriors, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. All at plus tw- uh, 425, meaning that if you bet $100 on either of those teams to come out of the West and one of them did, your selection, you would win, um, you'd get your money back, your, your, your wager, your stake, your $100 stake, and then you'd get $425. All right, so they all had the same odds, Warriors, Clippers, and Nuggets. So um, also, you know, the way that the Clippers um, have operated and sort of like their like, edict as a franchise is, you know, the, the regular season doesn't matter as much. We're going to do load management and... You know, Kawhi, you know, you saw earlier in the season him coming off the bench and, you know, doesn't play back to backs and just the way that they've handled their roster kind of with, you know, gloves. Um, and I'm not saying that's the wrong approach, but but I'm bringing that up because last night uh, on Thursday night, excuse me, was a night where it was like, OK, Paul George is playing. Kawhi's playing. Everyone's ready to go. National television, TNT. 
Um, it was uh, the, the Clippers are on a back to back uh, Thursday night in Denver, and then um, it'll be um, a, a Friday night in Minnesota uh, for Los Angeles. So they chose to take. Thursday night in Denver as their you know utmost serious game because I don't, I don't think you're going to see that same roster out there tonight in Minnesota. So you know for all those reasons you came you know come in and say okay this is a um, this is a uh, where's the bar you know who's going to set it and I just I was so impressed with um, I keep using the same word uh, the Nuggets approach they were ready for a fist fight. And the Clippers were ready for a pillow fight. And that bore out in the first really three, four minutes of the game when the Clippers started one for eight from the field. And all they did, it seemed like all night, but particularly when the game was like still hanging in the balance there early, they took contested jumper after contested jumper after contested jumper and then more contested jumpers. Now, we've seen Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard knock plenty of those down. Um but it wasn't that type of, of feel to it. That wasn't the route uh, to go, especially the way, um, considering how the game started. Like, there, there needed to be more of an aggressive approach, and they just never they never woke up to that. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, and then on the offensive end of the floor, you give all the credit in the world to Jamal Murray. You know, who, you know, if you look at the box score... You know, you say, okay, Jamal Murray scored, um, you know, 18 points. But really, it was that first... Um, seven minutes. I think Murray got to 10 points. I have it here in my notes here. Hold on a second. Um, yeah, he had, he had to, uh, Jamal had 10 points in the first six minutes of the game. I mean, he was on fire from the outset. And I want to bring up something right now that we've talked about um, periodically for the last couple years. Is that Jamal um, d- is not uh, 100% comfortable um, not playing off the bounce. Like he builds rhythm um, with his dribble. Okay. And sometimes that can really get him into trouble. And you see uh, this season, especially like there's been a lot of that. And, you know, uh, sometimes just too much where he's dribbling um, to a fault and uh, it's, it's, it's hurt the team and hurt, you know, specific possessions. And in the first half of that first quarter, Jamal Murray was Mr. Catch and shoot. And, for whatever reason, and you know he gets the reps up like the way he works with just catching and shooting. I, I see it in pregame when I'm down there at Ball Arena. Um, he just doesn't do it enough in games, and I thought he did it in spades uh, when he was out there. And it's just a big difference, man. It makes the Nuggets' offense so um, like you know Pistons firing, right? It doesn't get you know bogged down. And I'm not saying I'm advocating for Jamal not to play off the bounce because he's terrific, um, but mixing more of just catch and shoot, especially playing alongside Jokic and, and these other guys, the way that the ball snaps around. Like KCP is is amazing at it. Like KCP is Mr. Catch and Shoot. Um, and he was, uh, you know, hitting some shots. He had that big one in transition uh, there in that first half that was like, oh, my God, they're just pouring it on. Um, the Nuggets uh, made uh, 14 threes, took 36, so nearly 40% there from three. If you look at the Clippers from three, five for 37 for 13 percent. Kawhi Leonard scored six points. Paul George scored three points. It was the first game ever that um, well, actually um, let me finish my sentence here. Actually, hold on. Uh, it was the first game ever since Paul George and Kawhi linked up 
that they each scored under 10 points. And if, if you would have told me Paul George wouldn't have got to four points, um, I would have told you you're crazy. He shot one of nine from the field, one of five from three. Uh, Kawhi wasn't much better. Um, but uh, look at these starters' points uh, for, for, for the Clippers. Uh, Zubak, eight points. Uh, uh, Marcus Morris, uh, uh, seven points. Reggie Jackson, uh, two points. So combined, the starters were 8, 10, 13, 20, 26 points uh, f- from five starters. So, yeah, I mean, it was... Um, I just I, I love to see it. They started one of eight from the floor uh, as a team. The Clippers did, and uh, the route was on. So, and then in the second half, it was just you know Ty Lue didn't even send the starters back out for the second half. That's what type of game it was. Just an absolute beatdown. I mentioned um, in the first quarter the score was thirty-two to fifteen. In the second quarter, the score was 34 to 17. And in the third quarter, the score was 36 to 27. And by the fourth quarter, it's just academic. It was a formality just to just to get get through the game and hopefully without injury. Um, So that was four quarters that they or three quarters rather that they just absolutely um, dominated. And you heard Michael Malone talking about, you know, he was mic'd up on the TNT broadcast talking about, you know, championship habits and you know, not to uh, relent and not to let the Clippers back in the game. Uh, there was, I think, a quick little flurry at the start of the third, maybe. Um, don't even know what the run was. Maybe 6-0 or even like 6-2 or 8-2, whatever it was. Michael Malone called a quick timeout, got back in the fellas' ears. Then they came out and, and dominated some more. So... um Aaron Gordon in just 21 minutes pulled down uh, seven rebounds, had three assists uh, and 13 points, hyper-efficient five of seven from the field. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., which he didn't do much offensively in the first half at all. He he didn't have any points. Um, How about that? Because Jokic only had three points in the first half. So what if I told you right as the ball was going up, right? With this game, it's it's got some angst to it. It's the Clippers. it's, It's the Nuggets. There's history. You know, they're both, you know, top, you know, top type of uh, tier teams in the West. Um, If I said, hey, I've been to the future. I traveled to the future in the DeLorean. I traveled one hour ahead. All right. I can't tell you anything more than this. But at halftime, Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. are going to combine for three points. Where does your mind go? Right. The team was up 34 points at half with that exact scenario. That's what type of game it was on Thursday night on TNT. Um, Jamal was, um, like I said, terrific. He was a plus 21 when he was out there. And the other guy, you know, that, that deserves his own um, spotlight is uh, Bones Highland, you know, who in 20 minutes, guys, scored 16 points and was a plus 27 in 20 minutes. That is really hard to do. Um but he was great, and it wasn't all perfect. Um, and, and actually, you know, and Mike Singer shared this again. Uh, the Bones, Bones Highland thought he was going to go to the Clippers on draft night. Um, so I think he, he's got a little something extra for, for the Clips. Um, he came in there, hit his first three, and then it got, you know, a little bit ugly. You know, he tried to draw a foul and his flail on his body, misses badly. Then the next possession tries to, like, quadruple cross a defender had his shot thrown at the rim just trying to do a little bit too much Uh, but this goes back to we talk about this uh, in episode two or uh, you know one or two uh, uh, back 
that uh, you know Chris Marlowe said you know Bones Highland is like you know Clint Eastwood movie the good the bad and the ugly and that 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 sequence of possessions kind of you know brought that um, uh, quote back to me as he comes in knocks down the first three then tries to do too much for a couple possessions and then settles back in um, but I thought he was uh, largely terrific Bones Highland on Thursday night and then Vlaco how about John Char going for 15 points in 27 minutes 50 percent from the field 12 rebounds for Vlatko and the bunnies were on display in that first half he took off from outside the key if you guys remember a couple weeks back he um, had that dunk nearly from the free throw line like Jordan in the dunk contest what was that like 1985 like esque um He's got some hops, man. They were on display once again. You saw the smile on Jokic's face um, when uh, they uh, had to call a timeout after that, and Jokic came and uh, g- greeting him on the floor. That was just that's 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 chicken soup for the soul right there. Um, uh, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go um, really too much longer here, guys, um, because this one was um, this was a laugher. This was an absolute laugher, a beatdown. I think the Nuggets, by the way, have. Um, now officially mind control over the Clippers. Like in the movie Friday, you got mind control over Debo. Um, They have mind control over the Clippers. It's like dad strength. Uh, We've talked about this, that certain teams have had this against the Nuggets in the past. Um, But but it just seems like like if, if the Clippers matched up with the Nuggets in the playoffs, I'd feel pretty freaking good about it, uh, to be completely honest with you. Um, I want to talk real quick about the odds before we come to a close today. And... um, uh, round out the week here. The Nuggets right now, according to my friends at Superbook uh, and Superbook.com, the proud sponsor of this podcast, um, for the first time this season, the Nuggets are the favorite to come out of the Western Conference. Number one. Number one. Their their odds didn't move, but everyone else's did. So it's tight at the top between the Nuggets, Warriors, Clippers, Grizzlies, even the Suns in there, um, but the Nuggets number one odds-on favorite to come out of the Western Conference and appear in the NBA Finals. Um, that's pretty awesome, guys. It's pretty stinking awesome. Nuggets have never been there, and this season they have as good a chance as any in the history of this franchise. Um, Nikola Jokic, his MVP odds moved just a little bit. He is now plus 370, uh, meaning that if you bet that $100 um, and he went on to win MVP, you get that 100 back plus $370. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. Um, and uh, uh, considering that just two and a half, three weeks ago, he was 20 to one. Now he's between three and four to one. That is a meteoric rise uh, in that department. Now, there's three guys slightly ahead of him. It's Jason Tatum and Giannis Antetokounmpo, both at plus three. Uh, plus 355, and the leader in the clubhouse currently is Luka Doncic, uh, who has had some kind of month there uh, with Dallas. So he's at plus 270, so pretty short odds there. He's the leader in the clubhouse right now, but uh, hang tight. This this one is um, this one's getting interesting. I am fully expecting Jokic to be right there in the mix, wire to wire. Health is obviously going to be uh, very important uh, with these conversations, of course. Um, but those are the leaders right now. Those are those, that, that's the four four horses that are ahead of the pack right now. Luca, Giannis, and Tatum, and Jokic. And then after that, you get to Durant and Bead, Ja, Donovan. Isn't that crazy? Like Donovan's having a hell of a season. Uh, he's thirty five to one to win MVP. That's just the type of year it is with the top tier players in this league. Um, just absolutely. Um, 
just uh, it's so deep. I mean, right now the competition at the very top of like the A-lister blue blood dudes uh, are playing just so good. Um, the Nuggets remain the top seed in the Western Conference. They have a record of 25 and 13 right now. Uh, same as Memphis, but they have the tiebreaker uh, over Memphis. Um, this is a team that is 15 and three at home. Um, and a uh, a 500 team on the road. And that's perfect, right? That's what you're looking for. You're looking to be dominant at home, you know, split your road schedule, and you're going to be right there at the top of the West. This is a team in Denver that's won eight of their last 10, 11 of their last 13. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago that, you know, into this very microphone was like, hey, I want to see this team like beat some teams. Like, yeah, it felt like when they were challenged, like in these, you know, uh, benchmark games, they... Um, were just not the best versions of themselves. I'm like, let's, let's, let's beat some of these top-tier teams. Well, now you look in the last three weeks, this is a Nuggets team that's beat Memphis, has beat Portland, has beat Phoenix, has beat Sacramento, has beat Miami, has beat Boston, and it has beat L.A. I mean, nothing's going to be perfect in the in, in the marathon that is the NBA, but that's freaking hard to do. That is a that is some two and a half week stretch there uh, for your Denver Nuggets. All right, uh, we'll leave it there for now. Next game is uh, tonight at the time of recording. It's Friday evening uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a resurgent, really fun team uh, to watch. And then on Monday. It'll be at home once again against the Los Angeles Lakers in a game that I will be at uh, live in person. So really looking forward to um, uh, coming in here early next week and reacting to what happened over the weekend and what happened on Monday night against the Lakers. The Nuggets got it rolling, guys. Enjoy it. The vibes are good right now. Everyone have a great weekend. Be safe. Be kind to one another. Please um, rate this podcast. Uh, Give it five stars if you think that's what it deserves. Tell a friend about it. That's the best way to organically grow this thing. Um, and we're all kind of in this thing together. So I, I'd appreciate that very much. All right, guys, be well. And you know that whatever happens here over the weekend and early next week, we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoop. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.